The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Variety Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericavariety.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. The following program is recommended for ages 18 and over due to adult content. Listener discretion is advised. Welcome to Behind the Scenes, a look at some of the sometimes steamy inside of Hollywood with your host, Hollywood executive and former Victoria's Secret model, Summer Helene. Our program features the gossip, the dish, and the stories of what's really going on behind your favorite movies, television shows, and celebrities from the people who are involved in the industry. Now, here is your host, Summer Helene. Hey guys, welcome to the show. I'm Summer Helene and I want to give a quick shout out to Scott Haskin. Thank you for that beautiful music. I always love it. It makes me feel like I'm on some epic film coming in. It really, really kind of boosts the mood. How are you doing, Paul? Oh, I'm doing good. And the music always makes you want to hit something in slow motion with a sword. So It really does. I keep I keep waiting for, to like be on the set from Lord of the Rings. That's That's my inner geek coming out. We have an amazing guest on this week. We have Katie Cleary. Now, she was a contestant on America's Next Top Model. She's very, very into animal rights. She's very, very sweet. When I actually met her at a charity event um, from Homeless to Heart, it was a lot, lot, lot of fun, so we're going to talk to her. There's a whole bunch going on in Hollywood this week, but let's face it, the stuff in Hollywood is always a big steaming cry, uh, pile of difficult and it is no different this week. So, Oh, what happened? Uh, oh, the same old, same old. They've got uh, the sexual assault allegations that everyone's talking about, about Trump coming out. And then um, we got a bunch of calls from people asking to make statements and things. And that is just a big pile of horse poo I don't want to step in. Yeah. It's, <laughs> it's not good. Mm-mm. And there's probably more. Oh, there's yeah. Apparently, there's there's a lot more coming out, and some of them with photos. So when I got called for a statement, they're like, <laughs> I was like, they're like, you know, do you know anything about this? I'm like, I know a couple of his publicists. I don't know the man. I'm not commenting on this. But you know, well, if, if I, you want to hear about the next film stats, I'm up for that. Well, I when Trump's victims come out, they're treated with more respect than Bill Clinton. I hope Bill. I hope they're treated more respect than now. Bill Cosby's as well. That too. <clears throat> mm-hmm. Historically, Hollywood is not great about sexual assault. I gotta say. Yeah, we're. It's not good. If anybody. We're assholes. <laughs> that uh, uh, girl twenty-seven uh, documentary about the the showgirl that one of the big wigs basically uses a sexual play thing for a few years. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah, we're, we're, it's, it's like I have those moments where I'm so proud to be in Hollywood. Then I have those moments and go, dude, we're assholes. Yeah. So, I mean, that's really the only way to put it is we are on, you know, it's it's sometimes if you don't have anything nice to say, you just can't talk about Hollywood. Mm. <laughs> 
that's that's the only way I can go with it. So without further ado, now that we've uh, made things horribly, horribly depressing, I would love to invite Katie Cleary onto the show. G'day, Katie. Hi, how are you? Hey. Good, good. <laughs> We're talking about, you know, the Hollywood horror show that, that usually is. How are you doing? I'm doing well. Oh, yes. Hollywood is uh, very interesting. Um, <laughs> as you know, God, being involved in it your whole life, it, you know, can get um, it can get rocky and it can get uh, you know to be a little bit of a roller coaster, but uh, you know you get through it. And if you have a you know a greater purpose for being here, um, it's always a good platform to use. So I agree. That's something that a lot of people don't realize. Hollywood has one of the largest reaches in the world. So if you have something important to say, it's a damn good place and a damn good way to say it because exactly. it does make a difference. Now you Someone produced a documentary on Netflix. From what I hear, made a very, very big difference. Oh, well, thank you. Thanks. Uh, It's my first documentary. It's called Give Me Shelter, and uh, it came out about a year and a half ago on Netflix, and it took about three years to make it, and my my savings, (laughs) which is, people think I'm crazy for doing it, but it's uh, it's something that needed to be done in order to save a lot of these animals from extinction. So, yes, it was well worth it. I'm, now, that's very rare. You don't hear a lot of people spending their own money. I make a movie, I sure as hell don't spend my money. Why was this so important to you? Um, it's so funny. I spend my own money and everything I do. So literally, from the modeling, as you know, you know, when you did Victoria's Secret and, you know, you, you save it up and, and you know, you do. it's something that I've always wanted to, to, to be involved with. And I was involved with it at a young age, but I really wanted to take it to the next level. So I thought, you know... Um, I really have a hard time asking people for help and then asking people for donations. So I thought, you know what? There's no investors involved. There's no one I really need to, you know, um, to, to, to count on other than myself. So, you know, why don't, why not just use my savings on this? And so, um, yeah, it took, took a long time to make and my best friend directed it, Christian Rizzo and got a whole team together. Ed Lucas uh, was a cinematographer. He did some amazing films. Um, and I said, you know, I would love, free to come on board and, and shoot our first documentary. And so we asked uh, Tibby Hedron was one of the first people we asked. We asked Rick O'Berry, who won an Oscar for the Cove, um, Allison Eastwood, Michael Bartan, Issa Morales, uh, a lot of people that have a tremendous passion for animal welfare um, and, you know, a voice that people want to listen to. So um, we asked them and they all said yes. And, and then Netflix offered us a deal a year and a half ago. And then, uh, and then uh, Nat Geo looks like that'll be airing uh, the, the edited version, uh, short, shortened version of it um, with Cesar Milan in February. So fingers crossed on that one. Amazing. How did you, yeah. I mean, how did you get the guts to do that? Everyone in the world says they want to do this. I have a film to make. I have something I want to do. Yada, da. I mean, I, I'm not to be disrespectful, but it's always the same shit. Everybody says, yeah. I want to do this, but then they don't. There are a lot what of talkers in town and in the world, <laughs> yeah. but there's not a lot of people that walk the walk. And so I think that, you know, if you're really going to do something and if you really want to help these animals instead of just talking about it and talking about all the issues and the problems and, and you know, nothing's really inevitably getting solved, I think that you really have to put your money where your mouth is. And a lot of people don't do that, and especially their own money. So as you know, I mean, you know, it's the same thing over and over and over again in this movement, um, not only the animal welfare movement, but the entertainment business. So... If you can merge the two and use entertainment for the greater good, I think that, you know, we're onto something. So to get, you know, more documentaries out there like, you know, Cowspiracy and, uh, gosh, mm-hmm. there's so many out there, The Cove, Blackfish. I mean, those films are incredible. And, you know, and the more people that are watching Netflix, I think they're up to, God, God knows how many millions of 
of uh, viewers right now, but, you know, the more we can get eyes on these issues, the more we can spread awareness and educate the public um, on what truly is happening behind the scenes that's not in mainstream media. Now, I agree with that completely. Uh, Blackfish has had such a strong impact. It's completely changed the way uh, SeaWorld's doing business. And not oh, yeah. many documentaries can do that. Not many, not many shows can do that. Not many people can do that. So that was, that's a pretty freaking big deal. Yeah, um, it is. How how do you go from being, um, and I'm models when I say this, but I was too. I mean, modeling is is usually an industry dominated by. Um, Vapid, self-centered, self-centered, narcissistic women. I'm sorry. I'm, I'm sorry to all of my uh, Victoria's Secret sisters out there, but but it is. No, you're right. How did you? Right. <laughs> how did you end up wanting to be so different from the pack? Well, you know, it's interesting. It started when I was around the same time I started modeling, actually, and it was always it was always about the animals. So entertainment was always something I thought. Okay, well. Instead of being a veterinarian, a zoologist, and going through, you know, eight years of schooling, if not more, because it's harder to be a veterinarian and a zoologist than a regular doctor because there's so many different species. So I thought, you know, instead of doing all of that, maybe we could take it, you know, all to the next level and, and you know, create some a platform for the masses and use the entertainment business and use the modeling and the acting and the commercials and all that. Um, so it kind of gives, gives me a voice. In, in this, you when, know, so I thought, okay, it was always going to be at the end, it was always going to be about the animals, but I needed a platform. And I thought, okay, well, you know, I think this would be the best way to go about doing it since I don't, you know, I'm not going to go to school for all those years. And, and I don't know if I could really do the surgery, to be honest. I have an issue, a little issue with blood and needles. I can't, you know, I, I actually pass out. A lot of people don't know uh, that. So, <laughs> it's so that being I've a veterinarian is definitely about. out. Yeah, that, that's yeah. definitely out. I, and I, I couldn't do it, so you know, well I couldn't do it. So, um, so I thought, okay, this would be the best, best option. And, and inevitably I, you know, I, I do enjoy working in, in entertainment, but I, I want to do the animal welfare work for the rest of my life. You know, I would rather just, and I'm kind of transitioning actually into it. Um, still, you know, you know, working on different television shows and documentaries that involve animal welfare, but, you know, inevitably I want to be in Africa. I want to have, a rescue and rehab center on the ground in South Africa for endangered species. And that's always been my focus is protecting endangered species from extinction. Why are you so passionate about animals? It's a calling. It's a calling from God. It's always been a calling. Sometimes they treat us better than humans. Oh, yeah. Mm -hmm. They do. They do. That's why I've got so many. (laughs) On a personal level, what kind of, how many pets do you have? I've got ten. I've got ten. It's a lot of work, yes. Uh, three dogs and seven cats. I'm a foster failure. <laughs> yeah, that's a lot of litter boxes to change. Oh, yeah, it is, absolutely. It is a lot of work. Yeah, I don't know what I signed up for. I've always had a lot of animals, and, you know, and I see one that needs help. I'm always, like, the first person to raise my hand. So, um, but I think ten is the max. <laughs> <laughs> like I can do most, more. most people set their max a lot lower, so my hat's off to you. Well, thanks. <laughs> I need more help. So hopefully one right, day so I'll get so more help. Let me ask you, you, you've transitioned, you started modeling, you've produced, you are using this as a platform to give animals a voice. Mm-hmm. What is your voice? What do you think they want to say? What are you trying to say? 
for them? Um, I would say they need protection. They need help. And um, they need to be saved before it's too late. I think that that's what they want to say. Whatever we can do to help them, I believe that they're screaming out for help. And and those of us that are in this movement um, and that are empaths can feel it. And I'm definitely an empath and I can feel their pain. That's why my voice is so loud. Because I know that they're suffering and I know that they they don't have one. So they use us empaths and people that um, are strong enough to do this work and see this every day. Um, kind of as a, a lifeline for them. And that's what I believe. So they would want, I think they would want to tell the world that we're all connected. We're all one. I'm, I'm, I'm going to ask you this. Um, being a model, you've worked in the mm-hmm. fashion industry. How do you reconcile that with your love of animals? Because well, it's, it's interesting to that. that they're not always good. Very interesting. Um, Hello? I was... Yes. Oh, yeah. Can you hear me okay? Sorry. Yes. Okay. Um, It's interesting because I I was with uh, a modeling agency, and I can say it, the name is Ford uh, Models recently. And um, this is actually my first time publicly speaking about this, but I didn't know how to represent me because I won't wear fur, I won't wear leather, and I won't represent products that are tested on animals. So... um, we decided to part ways because the fashion industry has not caught up to the future and what the future will be, which I believe will be making compassion the fashion and having everything green sustainable. But because of people um, like Anna Winter and, and Vogue magazine um, that are still the leaders in this, we we're kind of um, we're being anchored down. It has to. We have to take a new generation of models or designers or people that are sustainable that do get the future of of fashion and entertainment and bring this to the next level. And I think that's what the so, future is. It's sustainable, sustainable clothing, and um, I think just thinking more green in fashion. I. I- I do have to say, um, for those of you that don't know, giving up a contract at Ford Model, that, that's a hell of a thing. I was with Elite for years. And there are just certain companies that most people would, would sell their soul to get on board with. So you parting with Ford Models really speaks to what you believe in. Yeah, Because, I mean, hard. let's face it, it, nobody parts with Ford Models. No, they don't. But, you know, I'm, I'm 35. I'm not, you know, a spring chicken anymore. And a lot of the careers die at, you know, even around that age. Or, they, you know, they say, oh, that it's over, you know, at that age. I, I, I don't believe that. But to be honest, I, I think I'm kind of approaching the new leg in my career as far as partnering with sustainable designers like Stella McCartney and you know, Armani just went for free. And taking this movement to the next level and, like I said, Maybe even making having a campaign dedicated to endangered species and and um, you know doing a huge billboard to say the elephants were on those lines or whatever and having a percentage of each product sold at you know Stella McCartney or Armani go to endangered species uh, campaigns and that's kind of my hope I mean to mer- merge philanthropy and the fashion industry and I think I think How we're you- on the verge. Now, I I do agree with that. We actually have to go to break right now. When we get back, I want to ask you, 
why you think that's the direction um, entertainment is taking, at least modeling is taking, especially after we've dug our heels in for so freaking long. Yeah. I'm Summer Helene. We're on with Katie Cleary. We are on with Paul Michael Boland. This is Behind the Scenes. We will be right back. Streaming live, the leader in Internet talk radio, voiceamerica.com. What voice guides your sexual needs and desires, yours or others? The Sexual Voice with host Jessica Ford is the show to lead you to a happier, healthier, and more fruitful sexual self. Let Jessica help you find your own unique voice to express sexual feelings, gain confidence, and to appreciate your own needs and desires. Listen live every Friday at 3 p.m. Eastern, 2 p.m. Central, and 12 noon Pacific Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. There is a sexual voice inside of everyone. Come discover yours. Are you finding your frequency? It can be described as that space between failure and success. It's the future of digital media. It's finding your voice. It's engaging topics, content, and ideas. Jeff and Ryan discuss the digital media space and all of its aspects. It's about making the mistakes, taking the chances, summoning the intestinal fortitude to step out of your comfort zone, and discovering what you can accomplish when you decide to try, decide to learn, decide that you have something to say, and find your frequency. Fridays at 2 p.m. Pacific Time, 5 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. You count. Tune into Interrevolutionary Radio and join the spontaneous wave of people all over the planet who, like you, are changing our world from the inside out. Follow the movement. Meet guests who are shaking things up. Call in and gain insights and courage to empower your own voice. Large or small, your part counts. So join us. Co-hosted by Beth Green and James Maynard, Interrevolutionary Radio airs live every Thursday at 3 p.m. Pacific Time, 6 p.m. Eastern on the Voice America Variety Channel. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. Listening to Behind the Scenes with host Summer Helene. To connect with the show today, please call 1 866 472 5788. That's 1 866 472 5788. You may also send an email to bts at summerhelene.com. Now let's go back behind the scenes. G'day, guys. Welcome back to Behind the Scenes. I'm your host, Summer Helene, and that's that beautiful music was made by Scott Haskin. We are on with Paul Michael Bowen, who you all like better than you like me, and that's okay with me. And Katie Cleary talking about Hollywood, the good, the bad, and the ugly, and really, the really kind of what it costs. I mean, I, I've I've got to say, Katie, you talked about giving up a deal with Ford Models. That's that's a hell of a leap for what you believe in. It is. <laughs> It is, but you know, to be honest, the, the animals are worth more than any anything really, any contract, anything that you know. Um, I hate to say any, anything this entertainment business really stands for. I believe that lives worth, are worth more, and so um, for me, I'm standing with animals, and I believe um, that we have a sustainable future. I believe that we can go for free. I believe every every uh, designer can go for free, and we can 
you know, um, use less leather and maybe even, you know, eliminate leather completely because there's so many different alternatives. And I think that's the future. I really do. I think it's going to be sustainable. I like that. Um, you know, now, now I have to say, if I, if it was me, I don't know if I'd have had, I don't know if I'd have had the guts to give up a deal with Ford. I don't. But that's also why you're at the forefront of this movement and I'm just, you know, the one in the back going, yes, let's do this very, very quietly so my bosses don't hear. Uh, <laughs> no. No, I mean, you know, I, I, you know, I think it's just because it was um, it was something, you know, I tried out with Ford. And, and to be honest, I, I don't even know if it was the right fit. I think, that, you know, being with an agency that truly you know, gets the future and, and gets what, who, who I am and what I'm trying to do is the right fit for me. And to be honest, my, my, my focus is not modeling. My focus is growing World Animal News, our news network, and, uh, and then, of course, doing the second documentary, We Are One, and, and, you know, working on my charity, Peace for Animals. So that's really, the animal welfare is really just taking over, and that's my focus right now. So and your new is, show uh, is, is yeah. actually where I wanted to transition. You have yeah. a new show. Tell us about it, please. So I've got well, I've got World Animal News, and that's um, that's a news network that I uh, kind of pr- started producing in 2012 as a radio show, and we converted it kind of the CNN format. Um, so it's WorldAnimalNews.com, and we do breaking news from around the world. We also do live uh, broadcast. We do um, you know we do videos from around the world. We have partners in India, Asia, Africa. So um, you know it's something that's been a labor of love for many years, and now it's uh, you know we're taking it to the next level. So. Yeah, every day we have uh, breaking issues. You know, today was just heartbreaking. I don't know if you guys heard about the um, uh, the Great Barrier Reef that's basically gone extinct in Australia, yeah, and uh, I it's heartbreaking. That it was dead. Is that yeah. true? It's uh, it's almost dead. Yeah, it's, yeah. Uh, it's almost there. It's it's. I, I just don't understand. It's been around for what twenty five million years, and all of a sudden, um, our generation's going to see the last of it. I, I just don't get it. Heartbreaking, shocking, to be honest. Yeah. Well, you're we've, from we've, there. yeah, we've we've seen the loss of the rhino. Um, where I grew up, people are a little more, and this isn't something a lot of people know. Um, Australians are surprisingly conscious about animals, um, at least more so than I see in a lot of places. And the predominant reason is we killed the Tasmanian tiger. And that's not something you, uh, as a culture, forget. I mean, you did something pretty, pretty horrible. So yeah. Australians, um, in my experience, at least a lot of them, are quite environmentally concerned. And mm-hmm. I'm not surprised to hear that's happening to the reef. You know, yeah. I'm, I'm going to sound a little Greenpeace for a minute, but you can only poison stuff so much. And at this point... I mean, what what else could have happened? Yeah, it's not a natural fluctuation. Yeah. It's not a natural fluctuation, and, you know, you can say climate change isn't happening, but the reality is you can't change what is. And exactly. exactly. For me, I, I'm, I agree with you. I, it, it really bothers me on a personal level because that is my home, and I don't like that. Do they have any reason why? Why? Well, it's, it's coral bleaching, so all of the all the coral is completely white, and uh, it's just it's basically because it's been exposed to the sun, and um, 
you know, in the warming weather and warming waters and desertification of the ocean because of climate change. And, um, you know, it, it has a lot to do with uh, how much meat we're eating because I um, wanted to kind of just bring this up really quickly because a lot of people don't understand um, the difference between methane, gas, and carbon. Um, and, and, you know, they always say, well, you know, that, that's not really contributing. Our, our meat consumption is not really going to really contributing to climate change, but it is because methane is 20 times as strong as carbon and methane comes from cows. And most of our land is used for, for grazing, for cows. And so, you know, if you compare carbon and methane, we just did a great article on it on World Animal News. Um, it's just, it's breaking the results. I mean, it's scientific fact, you know, that methane is destroying our atmosphere. And because of our consumption and, you know, almost 8 billion people on the planet of meat, and, you know, if everyone ate less meat, I mean, you know, I don't like to push, you know, the, the vegan views on, on too many people just because people get very turned off by it. But, you know, telling people to, to stop meat consumption and eat less meat um, or eat less meat, I think, is, is actually much easier uh, to say, look, you know, if you just went meatless Mondays or, you know, just maybe, you know, less meat three days a week, um, you know, it, could really, it could really help and save our planet. You know, I don't. I think, I think that, yeah. I, I think, unfortunately, um, that is a huge contributing factor, but that's not necessarily the leading factor. Um, it's one of one of many, absolutely. But yeah. um, recently, they've said, you know, it would be very, very easy to terraform Mars. All we have to do is do to that planet what we've done to this planet. You cannot bring, you cannot change the planet to the degree that we've changed it and not expect there to be a biological consequence, not expect there to be a biological reaction. I rather mm-hmm. than use the word consequence, I'd, I'd like, I prefer reaction. Um, mm-hmm. You can't do something, you know, it's, it's for every action or for every push, there's an equal and opposite result. So we can push one way, but it's going to push back another. And I don't think. I don't think people genuinely understand. I mean, I had a religious kook I was chatting with a while back who said, well, you know, it's, it's end days repent. And I was kind of sitting there thinking, well, close. Not sure about repent, but maybe um, try to be a bit less of an asshole. Yeah, <laughs> try try be be a little less of an asshole when, when you present that. But I think we've gotten to a point, uh, and I'm trying to find a really PC way of saying this, and this, this is, I, I can't do PC, so fuck it. Um, we've, we've gotten to a point where really we have got to start working with the planet we're on or we're not going to have a planet to be on. So just from a selfish perspective, I think it would kind of behoove us to behave a little bit better. Absolutely. Absolutely. I absolutely agree with that. It's just uh, it's not easy, you know, when you have so many people that don't, you know, don't see it the way we see it. And uh, I like, don't you know, think it's necessarily about opinion. I think we need to um, stop allowing opinion as fact, which is something we have going on all the time. My opinion yeah, is this, therefore know. it is fact. I, I think we need to say what is, is. Scientific fact, I mean, is is leading evidence, and, you know, I don't think you can really argue with a million scientists that are, you know, leading us all in that direction of, hey, look, this is real, and we need to solve this, and, you know, um, everyone needs to do their part, 
you know, I, I believe that, you know, it's not just a group of us, you know, that, that can talk about this and, you know, get on the radio or, you know, have a news network or do documentaries. It's got to be the whole world. It's got to be a collective effort. It can't just be a small group because, you know, you know we won't survive. They have to be Maybe everybody. You also- but everybody doesn't work if you have a collective that doesn't believe it. If you have a collective well, we that have says... To, we have to change it. We have to do something quickly because it's just, it's getting to the point where, you know, we're overpopulated and, you know, we're headed in the wrong direction and these animals are going to go extinct and inevitably when they go extinct, it's just a matter of time. The bees and then we're next. You well, know, I, I think, I think the planet would recover better without us, but I'm not particularly yeah. always fond of us as a species. Though we make fabulous art, I like our movies. Beyond <laughs> the fear, too, yes. as, as a species, that's I think that's our contribution. The, the movies and the entertainment. <laughs> that's, Good that's entertainment. The, I, Good. I, I like that kind of stuff. I got to yes. say, I think I think that's uh, what what I'm partial to. But you know, I, I yeah. have been wrong before. Um, <laughs> you take you take this passion for animals. And you don't shove it at people in a way that is irritating, um, because I Thank get a lot you. of comments from people when we talk about uh, when we talk about animal welfare. A lot of the responses I get is, "God, that's irritating." Can you know it's it's depressing. Yeah. Well, yes, no, I, I agree. It is depressing, but sometimes that depressing conversation needs to be had. Um, but in this case, what what do you think? Why? How do, how do we get this out to people, or how do you get this out to people, since this is your mission? Um, I'm just going to dump this all on you now. How do you get this out to people that don't want to hear it? Uh, well, you know, that's why we've kind of created this news network, because it's, um, you know, there's a lot of infighting with the, the organ- animal welfare organizations, environmental organizations. Uh, it's, there's a lot of, it's very ego-driven. You know, it's even worse, you know, than... The entertainment business, to be honest, as far as ego, I don't know why. So it's about the animals, not about the people. But apparently, you know, a lot of these organizations. No, no, no. It's, it's about who's the, the most self-righteous. I've been Ridiculous. to these meetings. It's ridiculous. <laughs> so yeah. it's about who's the most self-righteous. Yeah. 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 So I, I figured, okay, what could be this kind of this even playing field that we can all gather, and it's factual information. And we're highlighting all the great work that all these organizations are doing. And anyone that's involved in the movement or uh, environmental movement or what, what have you can actually highlight their work. And, and the breaking news that's happening around the world is not in mainstream media. So I think that I really, you know, with World Animal News, I really want to take this to the next level and get it on a major network and have it kind of be that playing field to reach the masses. So we can mainstream this because no one knows that knows what the hell is going on. I mean, I don't even think that you know the Great Barrier Reef. I mean, I'm sure you know a lot of news networks highlighted it, but I think that the reason why they've highlighted it because it blew up on social media. If it wasn't on social media, it wasn't going viral. They wouldn't. They wouldn't highlight it. That is that is very very true. And we've got about two minutes till break. So when we come back, we'll get into this. But one of the biggest complaints, and this is something I got to say. Um, what I look at is what sells, because that's mm-hmm. my job. Mm-hmm. Um, animal welfare doesn't sell because it depresses people. Your show mm-hmm. is very, very popular because it's not depressing and it's not yelling at the audience saying you're the problem. Exactly. It's, it's like being, it's I, I don't feel like I'm on the other end of Bill O'Reilly in trouble. 
<laughs> that's a good so, thing. I'm glad. <laughs> yeah, well, that, that's it. And it's how do yeah. you, how do, do you, as an animal activist, um, reconcile how people feel about um, animal welfare and the lack of responsiveness in that people really don't want to hear it. And they're pretty clear on the fact that they don't want to hear it. How do you get around that? You know what? You give them hope and inspiration. So you highlight. So what we do is mix in videos that are hopeful and videos that are inspirational and people that are actually going out there on their own and saving animals, whether it's, you know, a dolphin that's entangled in fishing line or, you know, a rhino that was shot in South Africa uh, for the horn. You know, there's people on the ground doing this and it, and actually, when you mix in those videos and those inspirational stories with the news and the breaking information that's happening around the world, and even though it may be depressing, you throw in an inspirational story, people, there's hope. There's hope for the future, and people actually want to follow in those, those footsteps. You know, I hear time and time again, we get hundreds of comments of people saying, oh, my God, if that was me, I would do that. That person just gave me inspiration. Next time I see an animal in trouble, I'm going to help it. And thank God for social media. I mean, yeah, a lot of people use it for, you know, some not-so-good things, but I think that those, those of us that use it for the greater good, that's, that's the long, long-term purpose for, you know, this, thing that, that, this gift that we've been given to connect like the that. world. Right? When we come back, guys, we're going to be back on with Katie Cleary and Paul Michael Boland. We're going to be talking about how the internet can be used for the greater good. And let's face it, we all know it can be used for more than porn. I'm talking to you, mister, that just wrote in. Thanks so much for writing in. We'll be right back after this. The Internet's number one talk station. Number one talk station. VoiceAmerica.com Have you found the beauty inside of you? Join Bonnie Bonadeo each week for Beauty Inside and Out. We'll explain how beauty plays a part in everybody's lives. Our guests are makeup artists, hairdressers, and doctors. But we'll also feature holistic and wellness specialists and spiritual advisors. You can find that beauty inside and express it to its fullest on the outside. Tune in to Beauty Inside and Out every Thursday at 2 p.m. Pacific Time, 5 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. If you are interested in real estate in America's largest city or anywhere, be sure to listen for Good Morning New York Real Estate with Vince Rocco. Although our focus is on Manhattan and other real estate markets in and around New York City, we'll have plenty of information that will help you successfully buy, sell, and close a transaction no matter where you are in the world. Good Morning New York Real Estate with Vince Rocco can be heard every Tuesday at 9 a.m. in New York, 6 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. A wave of change is happening in our world now. A new feminine way of leadership is emerging. Yet this is not about women taking over. This rise of the feminine is helping men too. Join host Gina Lazenby, award-winning businesswoman, best-selling author, and speaker on feminine wisdom as she reports on the rise of the feminine with inspiring stories of women who are coming into their own and finding their unique purpose. Tune in and join this conversation in the rise of the feminine each Monday at 9 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. What makes a great leader? 
Most have a vision, one that starts beyond the resources available and continues from that point into developing a solid plan, organization, and company. Leadership issues are discussed each week on VoltCast, illuminating leadership with host Jeff Smith. Jeff has years of experience as a leader and executive coach, and his guests will bring you information that can help a team of any size. Listen every Tuesday at 1 p.m. Eastern Time, 10 a.m. Pacific on Voice America Variety. Follow us on Twitter at VoiceAmericaTRN. Get the lowdown on guests, new shows, and your favorites. That's VoiceAmericaTRN. You are listening to Behind the Scenes with host Summer Helene. To connect with the show today, please call 1 866 472 5788. That's 1 866 472 5788. You may also send an email to bts at summerhelene.com. Now let's go back behind the scenes. G'day, guys. Welcome back to Behind the Scenes. I'm your host, Summer Helene. We are on with Katie Cleary, the host of the internet news show, of an internet news show for animals that I just forgot the name of because I love to humiliate myself in public. And Paul Michael Bolum, what is the name of your bloody show? I had it on the other day. No, it's okay. It's World Animal News. World Animal News, and you said it right before the segment. You can see how much I'm tracking right here. Um, To the people writing in, no, we are not doing those kind of questions or personal questions. So if you'd like to write in about the topics we are discussing, I am happy to talk to you about it. If you're happy to write in for something fun, I'm I'm happy to talk to you about that too. But I do have an interesting question, Katie, from Los Angeles, California. Yes. And the question is, what experience have you had in your own life with animals that has made you want to champion them. By the way, thank wow. you very much for correct spelling grammar and you writing the word Y-O-U, not just the letter U. You are now my favorite person. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Uh, what kind of experience? I would say when I was a child, um, you know, my mother taught me how to rescue animals. So uh, I would say, you know, bottle feeding kittens and um, rescuing baby birds out of their nest. Or, you know, we've, we've kind of done everything. Uh, squirrels name it, little chipmunks, um, <laughs> baby deer, you know, we've, we've rescued it all. So I think uh, starting from a young age, you know, showing that compassion for, for animals and animal welfare, I think is uh, is important, I think, to teach a child. So my mom did a great job. And, um, you know, I've also worked with big cats throughout college, and I've always had a affinity for saving them. So uh, tigers, lions, and cheetahs, and leopards. And so um, one day in Africa, I hope to open, you know, the piece for animals rescue and rehab for for endangered species. Yeah, I see you're tied into Tippy Hedren's uh, place. Yeah, so well, Tippy Hedren was in the film, so uh, she has Shambhala up in Acton, uh, California, and I think she's got a little bit less than sixty five big cats right now that she's rescued. And um, yeah, I mean, she's just an amazing champion, and you know, for the protection of of all big cats. So yeah, over dear lady, I'm so happy that yeah, she's doing. What I she's like doing. that. My mom, my mom was always into cats, and I've I've been rescuing everything since I was a kid as well. And I get that. Um, to the guy that just wrote in, no, you do not get rabies from rescuing animals. Read a book, go back to school, do some research, but don't write me again. Um, <laughs> so the question was, can't you get rabies from rescuing animals? No, I mean, you know, to be honest, the last thing I read was last official, you know, rabies, you know, 
count, I think, was in the 1970s in the U.S. I mean, there may have been a couple counts since then, but, you know, it's not something that's common. Um, maybe in other countries, but definitely not in the United States. And uh, and the number one rabies, one of the number one rabies carrier is um, bats. So anyone that comes in contact with bats, which is probably pretty rare, <laughs> that's you know one thing you want to be careful of. But that's not very yeah, common. Don't, and, don't don't get attacked by a rabies-ridden bat. Other than that, you're exactly. fine. Exactly. Um, okay. And yeah, to the, to those of you in Australia, we are a rabies-free country. Don't back up his question. We have fabulous, a fabulous education system. Use it. Um, now, I'm going to ask you. You, sorry, I, I tend to speak my mind, unfortunately. No, I love it. I'm going. I'm going to ask you, uh, you. You've made this film. Are you looking at doing a second one? And how, in God's name? I mean, if somebody wanted to put funding together for a film, you have uh, the cash. You've you've stored the money. You've put it together and chosen to fund it yourself. But that couldn't mm. have been an easy endeavor. It was not. No. No, no, no. Um, I was actually married at the time, and um, and actually my husband thought I was crazy doing it. And he said, well, you know, why are you doing film, you know, on your own, with your own money? You know, it's very hard to get distribution, and, you know, it's very hard to get, you know, film made. And I said, you know, watch me. I said, I'm going to do it. And it's going to happen, you know, and... Uh, Three years later, it happened, you know, but it was definitely a long road. It took a very long time and uh, a lot of favors to ask of friends that, you know, involved. And, you know, it was uh, it was definitely well worth it. And we highlight everything from the ivory trade to tiger conservation to rescuing animals to um, puppy mills, uh, seal clubbing, the fur trade. I mean, we do it all. And in the second film, we're going to be doing the same thing, but I'm um, highlighting uh, topics that are more relevant, you know, in 2016 and 17. So, you know, can hunting and dog and cat meat trade and bear bio industry and people, you know, uh, sorry, things that people necessarily don't see in mainstream media. You know, that's why we do documentaries like this and, and you know, have World Animal News because no one knows really this, that this is happening. I mean, this is very, very underground, you know. Why so do you think, think it's so hush-hush? Why do you think it's so hush-hush? Ah been hush-hush for a long time. I think it's because a lot of people are profiting off of it, and they know it's wrong, people that are doing it, and they know that, you know, if someone is this light, that uh, they will be exposed and they will be shut down, and those of us that know about it need to bring it to the light. And that's why now, we're on the show, right? <laughs> that's, well, that's very, very true. Um, now, personally yeah. and professionally, I'm addressing this because I've had about 10 write-ins for this. You've had a very, very tumultuous life. You've had the good, the bad, and the ugly. Yes. But you kept your faith in animals. Yes. Um, why animals? Why not um, children? Why not um, cocaine? The environment? Why not cocaine? Um, there, there are a lot of ways that people go to deal with, you know, the, the tumultuous. Why did you choose animals over cocaine? That's the question. Thanks, Paul. Oh, well, I've, I've never exactly what yeah. we're looking for. <laughs> I've never done that. So, um, but no, to be honest, you know. Animals, um, like I said, it was a calling from when I was a child. So it's something I was, I've been, you know, doing my whole life, whether it's, you know, working with uh, big cats and trying to save tigers, you know, that are almost on the brink of extinction. There's literally three, three sorry, 3,200 tigers left in the wild, and that's pretty much it right now. Um, you know, whether it's elephants or it's, you know, it really, you know, my passion is endangered species. So it was always animals. It was, you know, it didn't just happen. It's It's been a passion my whole life. So 
and I've got a tremendous um, faith in God. And so I knew that I know that I'm here for a mission. I know I'm here for a purpose. And I know that I'm, I need to use that platform that God gave me, which is this business and the voice that it gives you for the greater good. So then, I prayed. Well, let, I prayed very let hard. Me, let me cut and in on this. Um, yeah. you, ne- you never lost your faith in animals. You've been, you've been fighting kind of the good fight. Um, yeah. I'm, I'm addressing this because somebody wrote this in, and I'm trying to find a more tactful way of putting it. But we've lost yeah. the black rhino to extinction. Um, do you at any point think it's an inevitability that we will just lose the big cat? The tigers. I mean, if they're, you're looking at so few left in the wild, um, would it not be better? And I do not agree with you, gentlemen that wrote this in, the, whose name I am not saying on air because I'm not giving you the time. Um, do you not think it would be better to put that time towards animals that lived rather than animals that inevitably die off? No, I, I don't think so. I mean, I think that we have to fight for all animals. I mean, they're all living beings, we're all connected, and I think that it's important to give them all a voice, whether they're on the brink of extinction or not. They're, you know, they're all worth it. So, you know, whether it's tigers, whether it's elephants, whether it's rhinos, they're all on the brink of extinction. Hell, we may, we may even be too, now that the Great Barrier Reef is pretty much gone. So I think that they all deserve a chance, and, and one is not better than the other. They all deserve a voice, and that's why we're here. Do you think, um, do you do you personally think we'll be able to save tigers? We've lost the we black will. rhino. Why? I think we will because there's so many people and there's so many NGOs and so many nonprofits that are fighting for this. And, and I personally won't let it happen. If I have to move to India and protect them myself, I personally won't let it happen. And that's saying a lot because that's my logo. The, the moment I, I came up with a new piece for animals, it was a peace sign and a tiger, and that's what we stand for. And those are the most, one of the most endangered species on the planet, and, um, and I personally won't let it happen. It's not, gonna happen. not, not on my watch. I like that. That's, all, you've you've got the courage and convictions here. Yeah. 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 How do you feel when you hear people saying that climate change is a hoax? Um, especially because this is something that's come up a lot in this election, and I don't want to get into politics because every freaking week we have, and write me in, so we're not doing that this week. We're not going into candidates, we're just not doing it. <laughs> but when people talk about climate change being a hoax, um, and that comes up in a political arena, how do you feel? You know, it pains me. It really does. Because I, I believe that um, a lot of people are just not educated on the issues. You know, scientifically, it's proven. You know, it's, it's evidence. It's, it's happening before our eyes. Today was a fine example. You know, how could you deny that? How could you deny the fact that all of our coral is being bleached because of how warm the water has become because of climate change? You know, uh, it, what about it's, it's people warmer that say than it's ever it's, been. What about people that say it's a natural, a natural process the planet ado- adapts, and this is just part of a natural cycle. But we only yes, have this, this hundred years. You know, this hundred years is it, we've changed more on this planet than ever before. That's what I believe. And we're in the Holocene extinction, which is called the sixth extinction, and it's scientifically proven. It's the sixth extinction based on human impact. And, uh, and people can look it up. They can Google it. It's out there. And 
we're, what, we're between 8 billion people. Our, our world can't support that. It can, it can support a couple billion. Oh, I think, uh, to, to the, to the guy that just wrote in and said, where is Tarzan when you need him? I completely agree. Um, unfortunately, I, I do not think a fictional character from 1912 is going to help us out of this particular mess. Yeah, how old is that? I wish he could. A handsome Tarzan. Everyone needs one. It was, yeah, Tarzan's gorgeous. If he's, so I, I would love to be friends with Tarzan. Actually, he was just played by that gorgeous Swiss actor in uh, uh, Star Alexander Strasgov. So, so, oh, yeah, he's very handsome. It was, uh, it was an excellent <laughs> film. It was, a very, it was an excellent film. Um, great, and, and it had it had an interesting message. It focused on uh, animals and slavery, and I think mm-hmm. one of the hardest scenes is watching the carriages and carriages and carriages of, of elephants. Yeah, because let's face it, it that's painful. what we did. We've done it with, uh, as you know, as as Australians, we did it to the Aborigines. As an American, we did it to the Indians, um, and then we do it to uh, every conceivable animal on the planet. Do you think mm-hmm. that's just human nature? Or do you think we are going to be able to find a way to coexist? Because, I mean, people are kind of assholes. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah. we really are. We killed the Indians. We killed the Aborigines. Um, I mean, c- can you think of one period of time that we basically were not an asshole, like as a species? We enslaved everybody. I mean, you know, yeah. whether it's, you know, wi- women, whether it's, you know, uh, the gay mm-hmm. and lesbian community, whether it's, you know, it, it's just it, now is the time, though. Now is the time to... I think, take it to the animals. I mean, the animals have been suffering for so long. You know, just yesterday, um, I don't know if you heard about the gorilla that escaped in the London Zoo. This gorilla was so depressed. Um, I, we, we covered it on World Animal News. It was shocking, the fact that this gorilla had broken the glass in its enclosure many times because it tried to escape, and it's so depressed. Um, even though it's with the family, it's, it's still depressed. I mean, these animals do not belong in captivity. Uh, for our entertainment. So I, I believe that, you know, we're enslaving these animals. We've enslaved them for you know, thousands of years, and I know it's, I believe it's the time. It's the time to, to well, liberate them and, and give them freedom and have them in the wild where they what belong. A, what about the idea that these zoos and these, um, and people being able to get close to these animals and experience these animals is the reason we've actually grown to become compassionate to them? Without yeah. these experiences, do you think people would have grown that compassion? Because well, these animals are in zoos. Here's the thing about that. You know, actually, in, in my film, Rick O'Berry, from, he's, um, you know, the main character from The Cove, um, and he's just an amazing person. He's the one who goes out and saves the dolphins and Taiji from the dolphin slaughter. And he said this in, in my film, and, and it resonated with me for so long, and it just made sense. He said his little daughter, growing up, always loved dinosaurs, but she's never seen a dinosaur in person. But she's always loved them. She's always been passionate about them. And I asked myself, why is that? You know, do, do you really have to see these animals in person? Do you really have to see them in zoos to really love them and to appreciate them? You know, and I believe, you know, there are different ways to kind of uh, approach this. I, I do, you know. A lot of people do learn by seeing and learn by experiencing and, and, you know, being with these animals and, and feeling something. But then a lot of people appreciate them because they love them and they want to learn about them. So I think that there's there's definitely two ways of approaching it, but I believe that, you know we can appreciate them in the wild where they belong and go visit them instead of enslaving them, seeing them, you know, in captivity because inevitably it's a bad form of education. And that's another thing that Rick O'Berry said. 
He said teaching your children the dominance of another species and control of another species is a bad form of education. There you go. Uh, now, I, I completely agree with everything you're saying. I just wanted your take on it. Um, and yeah. Unfortunately, enslaving, my, my family is English, so we did that for a long time. But um, as time goes on, and this is something I tell people, it doesn't matter how you feel about animal welfare. What is, is. If you can have compassion for a dog or a cat, you can have compassion for animals that intrigue you, like crocodiles. You can mm -hmm. find compassion, and we can find compassion as a species. But I think um, to the gentleman that wrote in and called uh, the, the animal rights talks preachy bullshit, I agree with you. Preachy bullshit doesn't sell. But you know what? If you check out World Animal News, it's not preachy bullshit, and it happens to be very, very good. And it's a great way to get informed. It doesn't. No, it's it's true. People still equate like when you say feminism, they think of the hairy, underarmed, angry lesbian. When you say animal rights, they think of the person sitting there throwing a bucket of red paint. This isn't mm -hmm. what the world is. That is negative propaganda. I know I'm part of the propaganda machine for the bad guys. So look at it from a different perspective. Check out World Animal News. We have about three minutes till we go to break. Um, what is the name of your docu on Netflix? It's called Give Me Shelter, and it's the, the tiger poster. So if you guys check it out, um, it is uh, about 90 minutes, and uh, it's a labor of love. So hopefully you guys like it. Katie, thank you so much, not only for being on the show, but for making that documentary. And thank you for giving a different face and a different twist. Because I know a lot of people find um, the animal rights movement, especially Peter, I, I know a lot, lot of Film people come in conflict with Peter, which, believe it or not, yeah. there are a lot of people from film in Peter, so it's a catch-22. Um, yeah. yeah. um, but I do know that if you want to make something, no matter how hard distribution is, if you make a decent product, it has a place to be seen and it can be sold. If you have something that matters to you and you want to talk about it, there are always people that are willing to listen. And for those of you that want to be famous, here is a little cheat sheet. Sometimes jumping on a movement's bandwagon can get you in contact with the people that will give you jobs. Think of it like a cult. You know, Scientology is, is a, great, you know, a, a great networker in Hollywood. Animal rights works the same way. You can get further in Hollywood and you can help animals. So there's your selfishness and your positive. But more than that, you're going to make sure there's a planet that is habitable for your children. I'm Summer Helene. We are on with Paul Michael Bolin and Katie Cleary. Please check out World Animal News. Check out her docu on Netflix. Paul and I will see you next week. This was Behind the Scenes. Good night. Thanks for checking out the show. Behind the Scenes can be heard live on the Voice America Variety Channel every Friday at 7 p.m. Eastern Time, 4 p.m. Pacific. Be sure to join Summer Helene for more Scoop next week.